0: Welcome to the Think Factory podcast. We got one question for you What keeps you up at night? Roundtable podcast, powered by the Think Factory, where we learn how women think big and grow their business. My name is Kara Feilkoff, and I'm an attorney with Outside General Counsel Solutions. I'm also the host of today's episode. I'm happy to have with me Jen Sherlock, the founder of Jenna Communications LLC. Jenna Communications provides its clients with a full profile of services, including public relations, media exposure, crisis and issue management, as well as advertising. Jen, thank you so much for spending time Um, with me to talk about Jenna Communications and all that you do. Can you give the listeners a bit of a background on the history of Jenna Communications and how you got started?
1: Sure. So I started my company in 2009. Um, I had a PR job at the time for a bank, and I had already secured a couple clients before I was laid off. So I was laid off in that recession. Okay. 2009, but it was 2009 for, for myself. Um, and those couple clients gave me the confidence to keep moving forward. I mean, I had no idea. It wasn't a goal of mine to start my own company or brand. Um, I was a TV reporter and anchor all through my twenties. I interned at Villanova University at a local ABC and. PHL station, and you know that is where my dream was, and I never thought I'd get out of TV. But I did have one corporate PR job, and I got a certain high from getting my boss on like national TV shows, and we would do events around the country, and I was really good at getting press in these different cities, and I would get a high from it, and I still get a high today. So it's a very—I only had one corporate job; it was very (laughs) short-lived, about like a year and a half. Um, Again, we knew we were getting laid off, but at that time. I was already putting when I got my boss on Facebook and people were asking, oh, can you do that for me? And so it it kind of snowballed from there. And then, you know, the first couple clients before I got laid off gave me the confidence to keep going once I was laid off.
0: It sounds like you had to pivot a lot and kind of be mindful of where you were going in the pivot, even if you didn't know exactly where it would lead you.
1: Exactly. I mean, it's one of those things where I was learning so much about startups and I joined a lot of groups in Philadelphia, like Philly startup leaders is one of them, different meetups at the time. And I was just, I got that entrepreneurial bug because I was seeing so many young startups create these mm. amazing companies. And it only drove me to know, hey, like, I can do it too. I was just looking at the other day, um, Benmo was my client in 2010. That was That's uh, 2010 graduates. I was going to say, that's crazy. <laughs> it was before they sold to eBay or PayPal, and I think it's PayPal, but they were just two pen grads, and I used to – and I have the pictures because I have them on my Facebook, and I was looking at them, and I was trying to force people to pay by text back then, and they never wanted to do it. I mean, I, I think for these books I sold, I got people to do it, but other than that, it's hysterical. Like, I mean, now it's something we couldn't live without today.
0: I know. I feel like – I use it on a regular basis. So it's crazy that kind of looking back, you're seeing like, oh, wow, like that's something I had a hand in.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So it's interesting. But I was around startups like that at the time. And it was, it's kind of addictive. And, you know, whenever you're in any of those like think tanks or incubators or just meeting like minded people, it keeps you motivated.
0: I was going to say, I feel like you kind of build off the energy that you put around you, where you're feeling the enthusiasm for growth and you're feeling the enthusiasm for development. And it's hard to not catch that when you're working with people who are so invested in something they truly believe in. Exactly.
1: And when you see so many people, even if it's failure, they learn from failure. But when you see so many actually become successful, it's inspiring.
0: Yeah. And I think it builds with like a sense of confidence. Like you see someone do it and you're saying, Oh, wait, I could do that, too.
1: Exactly. And if they can do it, I could do it. I mean, it's probably true the, the people you surround yourself with can either, you to know, bring you up or down.
0: Now, to kind of go off of that, did you have any women leaders or mentors or there were specific women in your circle that inspired you to kind of build and grow to where you are today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, my first was the general manager of NBC40, which was my first TV job in Atlantic City. And her name was Jane Stark, and I, we're Facebook friends to this day. But, I mean, she gave me my first opportunity as a reporter. I mean, I was very persistent. I wouldn't go away. So she she would probably still <laughs> laugh about it today because she said she told that story once. She was always turning me away, and I wouldn't go away. <laughs> Uh, and then, you know, she promoted me to morning anchor, like, six months later, so I would say um, she was tough, but I learned from a lot of, like, tough, strong women. I really did, and I know it's a different day and time, I but that is how I learned. I also grew up with, you know, parents that were, were like that. Um, you know, you have to get good grades. You have to work, so, I mean, I was always working since high school, and I don't know. I, I think... I must be old school that I still come from that world. And I can name other, you know, female strong-minded women that were above me at other jobs as well before I was on my own. And that's how I learned. I learned through, like, toughness and challenges and um, being told straight up what you're doing wrong. And, you know, even if you cried or got upset. And now it's different. It's like, it's definitely I guess that's looked down upon.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say. I think I was gonna. I had a similar background in the fact that I feel like you know, push to succeed, whether in kind of education or job, was kind of instilled in you from a young age, and I I think it builds a sense of resiliency when there is something that you know you need to correct and you learn from that. You you take those kind of comments to heart and. Um, whether that's kind of coming from a harsh place, um, which sometimes it has, or where it's somebody who's really sees a value in you, I think taking the mistakes and the challenges and the no's and turning that into, okay, what can I do to improve myself or improve what I'm doing?
1: Exactly. So I think I'm one of those people that's always been open to criticism, good or bad, even when it's tough to take. And I think that's the way I learned. And I think that's the way it used to be, um, now I think it's a little bit different. People tread lighter. I feel like sometimes because that's the way I learned, I'm tough on whether it's like interns or employees that have worked for me. But to me, it's the way I learned. I guess you have to adapt and change to today's method, which might be a little bit maybe more empathetic. I don't know mm-hmm. the word, but it's hard for me because I learned another way that's tough. You tell them what they did wrong, whereas like they don't like to hear it. Or they're surprised to hear it in the new the new world. Um, so I'm like trying to navigate that as well because I tend to be blunt as well because that's how people were with me.
0: I was gonna say, uh, my next question was, can you describe your leadership style and how you lead others? It seems like you've kind of taken the way in which you learned and tried to push that forward. But exactly. do you have any yeah. other comments I don't know if it works on that anymore?
1: Yeah, I'm just being honest. It doesn't. It's like I guess it's millennials and. Gen Z, I guess they learn a different way. Where they they speak up, where they have a say. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I back then we would we would never do that. I'm sure you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, it feels like a very and I will say like even working with I mean, I work with a variety of clients, some of which are startups founded by, I would say, millennials or younger, uh, versus like a very traditional established company. I think even the way they work with their corporate partners is different, and some of it you wonder if it's kind of how they whether it's generational or whether it's kind of being in the business or how they see the business. You can definitely see somewhat generationally how there's a difference in that relationship. There really is. It's
1: sometimes I'm like, wow, it's mind blowing. I could write a book because it's so interesting to me how different it is
0: or even the values i that's one thing i've noticed is like sometimes the values differ and i think how whether it's a corporate kind of idea or even just kind of within startups you know whether it's kind of valuing roi valuing kind of the bottom line or if it's you know a corporate culture or kind of a messaging and branding it's, like, it's so different and it's just interesting to kind of see even from kind of a legal standpoint where we're probably not as exposed as you would be to kind of the thoughts and background of how a company moves. Absolutely. I know it's,
1: it's fascinating to me as well, just how different it is. And I'm sure, um,
0: yeah, I've worked with
1: a lot of different companies and brands, but for what you do, I'm sure on the legal end, it's, it's also tricky.
0: Yeah, it's just different. And I think, you know, sometimes we're not as exposed to it as much as you would be, but even from the little bits I see, um, I can definitely sense it too. So it, it's it's an interesting kind of way to handle it, but kind of better. HR handbook is has changed
1: over the years.
0: I, I was <laughs> gonna say the goals of a company's HR handbook and kind of what they want included outside of kind of the legal necessary requirements. It's always interesting to see kind of where certain companies say, "Oh, I want to include this. I want to have more of this." Um, or whether they're like, you know, just give me what's needed and kind of I'm okay. And, you know, some of it could be the changing tides of kind of the company itself. A lot of times it is, you know, how do they attract talent? And if a younger talent pool wants more inclusion or different policies that address kind of their concerns, I mean, work from home is a great example where I think, you know, sometimes now it's expected versus, Understood or something that's kind of like, oh, you know, I'm definitely going to be a work from home remote employee versus like, hey, that's a benefit you get after being with a company for a certain amount of time or, you know, you get it for two days versus five.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Um, no, I'm, I'm with you. It, it's just completely a different time and like you said I think it's generational and I guess
0: hopefully that continues to evolve and we learn along the way. Yeah I think learning and adapting I think for everyone is going to be kind of the the way to go but to kind of talk about gender communications have there been any challenges or anything that kind of made you say hey am I doing this right or you know am I on the right path?
1: Oh my gosh yeah I mean I don't think that's ever changed from having my, my whole company, I'm learning all of the time. Something new happens. I mean, just when I think I've experienced it all, something new happens that I haven't experienced before. So I just feel like I'm always learning, I'm always evolving, and I don't know if that ever changes. I, I think it's hard when you're, you know, trying to do the contracts and trying to do the receivables and trying to, you know, run the business on top of doing the work. So it's definitely... A challenge that hasn't necessarily gotten easier. It's just like you learn every day. You learn something new and you try to navigate it better. Um, but I've had every kind of challenge from employee issues to collections to, you know, creating the right proposal or package for a client to press supposedly showing up, then they don't. And, you know, I think I've had every, every business issue that someone has gone through. I mean, completely. I can't say there's not been one issue and I still face them. And I think that's why it's important to have a legal team and accountant. And without those people around me, including, you know, Mark Snyderman, who works for you, I don't think I could ever
0: be where I am. (laughs) I was going to say, I think like that's when, first of all, if you're not Facing challenges and learning from the challenges, then you're just kind of stagnant. And I think that's something like every challenge is an opportunity for growth to some degree. So I think that's um, an important way to see it. But also surrounding yourself with business partners, whether it's legal or, you know, vendors or anyone that you deal with that kind of is on the same path as you and kind of is interested in seeing you grow or at least interested in kind of making sure that you are protected is so important. I mean, that's, I think, at the end of the day is having that no company is an island on its own, so you have to have the right support and team behind you and with you along the way.
1: Exactly. And it's, it's sad, but true. Not everyone is going to be your friend, even ones that think you are, you know, or you think that they're your friends. If you don't protect yourself, they'll still find a way to screw you. I don't know another word to say it, but <laughs> That's why it's important. You have to make sure your contracts are buttoned up. You have to make sure everything is written out. I mean, unfortunately, because I've seen it, it's some people, some clients don't want to honor contracts anymore. And I'm sure you deal with it in the legal world as well.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I think that as much as everyone is like, oh, a contract, but like, It's such a good protection for both parties to have just a clear understanding of what the nature of the relationship with that it's essential. Exactly.
1: So, like I said, without the right team around you and mentors, I never would be where I am today. It's too hard. You have to have a support team around you.
0: Now, what is one piece of advice that you would give your younger self?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Wow, that is one of the best questions I've gotten. I'm just trying to think what I could have used years ago that I know now. I think some employees I had, I probably, when I was building my business, I would have hung on to longer. Mm. Um, I think I just thought it was always easy to find good employees. Now I know it's not. So I think in hindsight, like, I could have paid more or done more to keep them. Um, I'm just thinking in terms of, like, business things.
0: And I know for me personally, one of the big things was, like, resiliency and learn like, you know, we're not all perfect, but taking every kind of criticism and challenge that you face and kind of saying, okay, like people have faith in you because they're giving you this challenge. Like if if things were boring and monotonous and you were kind of just stagnant in what you were doing, work would be work instead of kind of a growth experience.
1: I know. And I'm trying to think from my perspective, what I really could have used because I learned early on, like a few things I learned early on contracts are important because there was this one client who didn't pay. And then I ended up going to small claims court and they won based on me not having a contract, even though like it didn't matter the emails and everything that she had said. So I think I'm a lot of the stuff I learned early on, like the importance of contracts, having them buttoned up, knowing what each party was to receive. Um, but in terms of like traits and things, ooh, um, I've always had like, I would say a lot of like drive or grit, that sort of thing. But I don't know if, if that even prepares you for just like the ups and downs of business and how certain clients are, you know, it's all based on different people's personality types, you know.
0: And it's hard to kind of say like, I, I think as much as teach you they don't teach you always how to deal with like the different personalities that you're going to be exposed to and kind of doing the work and how you have to really adapt to your clients and kind of say okay what is the technique or way in which I can effectively communicate to my client that these are the things you need to do or kind of how we are going to work together because you know every company and any every individual is so different
1: so different. Yeah, that's so true. And I'm trying to think, like, I don't know if I could have given myself because, like you said, everyone I faced and I did a lot, I mean, many different verticals, like health, retail, sports, entertainment, nonprofits, cryptocurrency, I could go on and on. So it's, like, hard for me because there was always something new and there was still something new. So it's hard for me to know. I mean, maybe I would have more processes in place, um, more efficiency, but it's hard, like you said, because of the different personalities and the different types of businesses.
0: So at the Think Factory, we like to ask all of our guests one question, and it's kind of um, interesting to see everyone's different responses. But that question is, what keeps you up at night?
1: Hmm. I think I'm always thinking what's next, so I'm always like, because I always have to be ahead and find that next client. Um, I think that's what keeps me up. Like, who can I meet? Who can I target? Who is next? Because I'm always thinking, you know, I have to keep the doors open. I have to keep paying people. I have to keep it alive. So I think that's the number one thing is always who's next, who's next. Or what I can do differently as I grow, like I sometimes would love, think I would love to have a product be invested mm-hmm. in and then also do the marketing and PR for that product. I really think that's the true way to wealth. And I think as I get older in particular, it would be nice instead of focusing on, say, like 20 people and brands or companies, instead of focusing on one I'm truly invested in, I mean, but what keeps me up would mostly be thinking of that next step, more or less, but sometimes that enters my head.
0: Well, Jen, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, Before we end, is there anything you want to share with the listeners about what's going on with Jenna Communications or what we can be on the lookout for? Sure. We have a lot of events coming up. I'm not sure
1: when this airs, but we have a restaurant opening. It's a really nice Steakhouse in South Jersey and Mount Laurel, New Jersey, next Friday, November 3rd. We have um, Prime IV franchises opening in South Jersey. We have a grand opening of one in Marlton, November 18th. So we have a lot of exciting events. You can go to Jenna Communications on Facebook or JennaCom on Instagram and and kind of see what we're up to. But look for a lot of fun events. And um, I would just say, in terms of business, I I think – Being authentic is important. You can't fake authenticity. And I think just more people need to go after what they love and their passion
0: and keep fighting for it because it's not easy. Yeah, no, definitely not. But thank you again for spending time with me and listeners and explaining kind of what you have learned or kind of your experience with starting uh, gender communications. Be sure to check out the other Women's Roundtable podcast so you can learn how women think big and grow their business. Thank you again.
1: Thank you. I loved it. Have a great day.